Hello and welcome to Two Sweary Dads, a podcast about parenting and other dadly pursuits. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm Ben Slinger. And uh, how was your week, Trevor? It was pretty good. I believe you had you had something exciting happen this week. I believe there was a anniversary or something that happened. Oh yeah, something. Uh, yeah, we it was our first year uh, wedding anniversary. My wife and I, Erica and I. Uh, and yes, if you do the math, that means our kids are bastards. <laughs> well, at least one of them. Uh, yeah, so we had our wedding anniversary, and uh, unfortunately, we also had a bit of sickness run through the family, which is a shame. Uh, yeah. There's been a bit of a stomach bug going around that some of um, like my nephews had, and my sister had, and so Taz... Passed through to your kids, and then got passed through yeah, to mum and dad. <laughs> yeah, Taz sort of got up feeling... You know, we weren't we weren't sure, but he was looking a bit bleary in the morning, and then all of a sudden he just blah. <laughs> I I spat, I spat. He keeps calling it sp- spitting. I need to spit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that was unfortunate. And then today, Erica woke up with it, so I had to take the day off work so I could look after the kids some time. And luckily, my mum came over for a bit as well. To help out, but uh, yeah, that's kind of shitty. So I'm really hoping that I don't get it. Yes, that would that would really suck. Hence why I'm keeping James away from your kids at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's so hard as well because, you know, Taz was sick on Wednesday, I think. And so Erica was stuck at home all week. She couldn't go out with them. She couldn't take him out. Because, you know, you don't want to affect other kids, obviously. But and when they're, when they're home, though, it, they just go stir-crazy, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard to keep them entertained and they get grumpy. Yeah. Um, There's only so, so by many the weekend, toys they can play with before. <laughs> well, exactly. Before they get bored. Um, so by the weekend, she was taking him out again. But, like, now that she's come down with it, who knows? Did we just infect more people? You know, how long do you have to quarantine yourself uh, to, to sort of make sure that you're not spreading this bug around? Yeah. Um, and, you know, me going to work and, I mean, if I'm not sick tomorrow, I'm probably going to go to work tomorrow, but I hope I don't infect <laughs> anyone. I guess I'll just make sure to really wash my hands, you know, personal hygiene and all that. But, um, yeah, so that kind of sucks. How about you? Anything anything interesting this week? Anything funny that James um, did? Anything funny that you did? <laughs> so I did... Um, I spent the, spent the day... Um, parenting on on Saturday. Um, J- uh, James and I spent the whole day together. We were playing games and like he wanted to watch um, Wally, so we watched Wally. And um, I haven't been able to get Taz into and, that yet. Yeah. Oh, as soon as Wally finished, Wally again. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, uh, no, but Taz did just watch Big Hero Six with Erica this yep. evening and really enjoyed that. So yeah, so Bianca. Went out with her with her friend, and um, they were just out at at her at her friend's place, and I was parenting for the afternoon, and as we do, yes, exactly, and I was parenting on my own, not babysitting. Ah, uh-huh, yes, it's something that's sort of been going around the traps a little bit. That you know, oh, are you looking after James today? Are you, you know, did you dress him today? It's like, it's like yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a parent. I can dress my child. 
Yeah, can, there, there is. A- I can bathe him. I can feed him. <laughs> I can no, pretty much it. do anything with him. I mean, I remember a little while ago, I went away on a on a boys' weekend, and so Bianca was looking after James for for a little while, and then after a little while, you know, a couple of weeks later, Bianca and and her mum went away for a couple of days, and you know, James was still pretty young, but it's like, yeah, this is this is going to be fine. I'll I'll look after after James the whole time and a few people actually said oh you know so you babysitting while while mum's away and it's like no I'm looking after James because yeah, he's because my son <laughs> exactly yeah yeah I'm, I've been lucky I haven't I haven't had too much of that when I've been taking the kids out um, but it does it does go around there is this tendency uh, for dads to yeah to sort of not be taken seriously as a parent and I mean I guess historically you know, traditional gender roles, that's often the case, but come on, it's, you know, 2016, dads do the, you know, do a lot of the parenting now, there's a lot of co-parenting, it's, you know, sort of equal, equal time and equal responsibility, and, you know, I, I, I mean, in our house, we just happen to have fairly traditional gender roles, uh, in that I work every day, and Erica stays home with the kids, but, um, you know, that that's almost incidental. And, and I remember, like, thinking leading up to having kids and when we were pregnant with Taz, you know, whether it would be, like, what it would be like to be a stay-at-home dad and whether that's something I would like to do. And, I mean, it would be interesting. It would be, you know, getting to spend that time uh, with the kids and sort of doing the majority of the day-to-day parenting mm. because we do miss out a bit. Um, oh, I, I still remember. Like, I was... I was kind of lucky that um, when James had his first steps, I was home. So it was like, we were very lucky with that. But I could just imagine, you know, you've, oh, the first steps could miss. happen at any time during the day. Because just like you, we're yeah. in the same situation. That um, Bianca is a stay-at-home mum for the moment, even though she is doing a um, doing a course in childcare child at the moment. But yeah, I work, you know, a number of hours a week. And then I also work at the dance studio as well just to try and make yeah. ends meet so yeah I've I was lucky as well that I managed to be there for sort of first a few of the firsts um, uh, I mean it helped at the time I was working from home full time because we we're in Canada and <laughs> our office working is in Australia <laughs> is in Australia so uh, that was a bit too much of a commute every day um, bed to the desk desk to the bed <laughs> Yeah, that's it. I I used to enjoy my fifteen second commute, no longer. But uh, but yeah, you know that I do miss things these days. And even you know, in our first episode, we talked about you know oh, how do we find time to you know do our hobbies uh, when 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 we're a parent. But lately, even during the time that I have to do my hobbies, I've been th- like I've taken I've taken a few of those times to not do that and just go to the park with the kids on the weekend yeah. because. You know, I do feel like I've been missing out on some of that stuff, and it is a shame that, you know, the things that I want to work on then suffer. F- but you just you just can't fit everything in, and you know, it's you know we don't, we don't want to miss miss things. Yeah, Eric is a bit worried about that because she's actually um, looking to go back to work um, just because a, a job came up, a part time job came up that she applied for, got an interview for. So very nice. She'll find out about that this week, but. 
she didn't actually want to go back to work this early. You know, the uh, the kids, are, the girls are still a bit too young uh, for her to be really comfortable with that. Um, and and that's one of the reasons. Like, you know, they'll probably they'll go to my mum's on the day that she works, but she doesn't want to miss their first steps or their first words or you know because they're just coming up to that yeah. age where that's going to happen. Yeah, definitely. Especially at nine months, you know, that's some exciting. Exciting. Times. Oh yeah, ten months this week. Like yeah, um, yeah, and and I mean, geez, I can't imagine what it would be like for uh, families where the where the parents both have to go back to work because that's just what they need to do to survive, right? Like you think about in the US where they get you know maybe three, four weeks maternity leave, otherwise they lose their job. Mm. You know, they have to go back to work or they lose their job, and their kids just have to. I don't know, go wherever, what, into childcare, which is, I'm sure, of course, expensive. They don't have universal childcare. They don't have universal anything there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in that way, we're lucky. We're lucky that Erica can afford to stay home as a stay-at-home mum mm. and be a full-time parent. I, I always yeah. always thought, you know, as as much as I'd, I'd like to, um, you know, spend as much time at home with, with the family, you just know that, Someone has to has to do the hard yards and and work and and actually be strong to be away away from the kids as well. Like that's another thing that is probably not talked as much about. You know, a lot of the a lot of dads out there and a lot of mums even you know don't want to go away from their kids, but they oh of course they have to go they have to go to work because someone someone at least has to do do some work to to make ends meet. Um, if I didn't have to work as much as I as much as I do, I, you know, I'd love to go down to all part time, but I know that we oh, can't. Oh yeah, me too. We can't afford that, so. No, of course. I mean, yeah, like we, we don't really get to do any activities with the kids these days, like sort of extracurricular stuff. You know, Erica obviously takes them to play groups, you know, four days a week, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we do some stuff on the weekends. But even on the weekends, we're we're usually pretty busy with having to clean the house or, you know, I mean, we'll go for dinner at mum and dad's or have a barbecue or something, but it's not like, oh, we get to take him swimming or, or you know, go to, a, a, I don't know, the zoo or any of those sort of more enriching activities hmm. um, because, yeah, we, it's just so hard to fit in. I mean, I think once the girls are a bit older, we'll be able to get more of that, uh, get more of that sort of on the on the schedule, but... Uh, yeah, it's it's difficult. I've I've got to say things things like the zoo seem kind of scary, though, especially after seeing the the recent um, tragedy that happened. That's true in the news this week. Well, well, we have a buffer of a couple of weeks, so if you're listening to this, it's probably a couple of weeks ago now. But uh, yeah, the um, the ch- the kid who fell into the the gorilla enclosure, enclosure and they yeah. had to they had to shoot the gorilla to to um, save the kid. There's a lot of controversy over that, mm. and uh, a lot of people putting a lot of blame onto the mum, which, I mean, personally, I think is really unfair. Yeah, I mean, who who hasn't turned their back for all of two seconds and their kids, you know, run off to go talk to someone else or, you know, oh, absolutely. just got out of the site and, like, you know. T- seriously, to me, what sort of zoo <laughs> has a gorilla enclosure where a small child can even make their way into it within exactly. that sort of time frame. You know, there's all this thing of people, I guess eyewitness reports and things saying like, oh, like the kids said he was going to do it and, 
you know, so they should be able to stop him or whatever. But it's like they had other kids as well. I think she had three other kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't always just, yeah, you can't always grab a kid that quickly stop them from doing something. I'm sure she told him not to, but kids don't listen. No. So, yeah, like how is this, you know, it should never have even been possible for a child to make their way into the enclosure yeah, if, like that. if the proper safety, you know, safety procedures were actually followed in the first place and everything was set up so that, you know, a little kid couldn't even get through the fence to into the enclosure. Yeah, of course. I mean, I've never been to a zoo where a child could get into the bloody gorilla enclosure. I guess potentially some of the other types of enclosures, but even then there's usually a secondary barrier of some kind mm. or a moat or whatever. It's not just, oh, now you're in with the wild animal. That's right. If if a little kid can get in, well, this gorilla can get out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's almost what I wonder. Jeez. I assume there's maybe a bit of a drop, but yeah. It's like, ah, oh, this little fence will do fine. Oh, fuck, there's a big fucking gorilla coming at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's and it's so tragic that they had to kill this gorilla. Mm. You know, the, the gorilla didn't really do anything wrong. It sounded like it sounded like it was obviously freaked out, and so you know, there's this whole thing of if they if they tranquilized it, it just would have made it mad and they would have endangered the kid, which sounds perfectly reasonable yeah. to me that that's the case. So I'm sure it was a difficult decision to have to actually shoot it dead. But and then I saw, I saw a meme that was going around that was saying, why'd you shoot me? I was doing a better job parenting the kid than what you were. Ugh. And I was like, fuck really? off. That's just, that's wrong. Like, yeah. Plus, apparently the dad was there too, but for some reason, it's all, all the mum gets all the blame. It's like, fuck off. But that goes back to what we were talking about before, you know, obviously the dad wasn't the primary caregiver there, it was the mum, because that's yeah, the, that's it. you know, that's, the way society has always, always been. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, actually, speaking of accidents, that brings us to the topic we were going to talk about this week, which was, you know, kids having accidents, serious or not, because these things happen. You know, parenting is a full-time job, a you know, 24-hour job, and we can't always sort of keep, you know, that, that level of vigilance, particularly with, you know, the sleep deprivation that comes with, uh, with, with young childhood and, and also well, trying to keep up with our own hobbies. <laughs> well, just keeping up with everything, keeping up with life, you know? Um, so, yeah, like, I know both James and Taz have sort of had one relatively serious uh, accident each that have had to result, that have resulted in a hospital visit. So, do you want to talk about what happened to James? Yeah, so when James was coming up on his first birthday, in fact, I think he may have just gone past his first birthday, um, he was playing playing around while Bianca was getting um, food ready and he ran past Bianca behind and she opened up the oven door and, well, it wasn't really run, he crawled past her behind and then she didn't realise that he was just off to the side, started getting um, the pasta bake out of the oven and he crawled around, put his hand straight onto the inside of the oven door and very quickly removed it and it was in like rather a lot of pain because you know it's a uh, the oven was set at about 250 degrees centigrade and yeah glass retains a lot of heat <laughs> so 
she did the right thing, you know, she closed up closed up the oven, turned the gas off and just took him took him straight off straight into the um into the bath, ran the um ran some cold water and cold water, yeah. Held his hand under the cold water and got in the bath with him, fully clothed and Yeah. Did he like blister up and stuff? Well, you weren't there at the I time. I wasn't there at the time. It, yeah. I was actually on the phone at the time, which is Ah so she couldn't even get through to you. Well, no, I was on I was on the phone with her at the time. Oh, okay. I was on um okay. I was on speakerphone. She just had right. had the phone off to the side and yeah. all of a sudden oh, I, geez, so you're, oh, I God, hear you my son screaming and I'm like uh, And Bianca didn't actually say anything because she was just Of course, yeah. James and I'm like Oh my um, god, you must have been wondering what the hell's going I'm on. I'm like, why is he crying so much? And she goes, He's just burnt his hand, can you shut up? And I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Look, I didn't yeah. know. Not we're not on FaceTime or anything like that. So anyway, I still had to go off to off to dancing that night and Bianca's mm. like, Oh, it looks alright, he's not complaining too much and then later on that night it started getting more sore and more sore, so she ended up having to take him to the hospital with um, yeah. with grandma. And then I finished up pretty quickly and um and, you know, sort of went home and, and made sure I was there to support wherever I could and for the next for the next few days we actually had a he had a sock on his hand and um it was fully yeah, bandaged, bandaged up, up and yeah. blistered up like crazy and I bet. Do you know like and what what, what it's actually what level done, the burns ended up being um at? not that I remember. Yeah. Um all I all I know now is that he has a big aversion to hot things. So oh, yeah, I bet. even dinner like you know from when I've taken taken oh when James has been over at your place and he's gone to have food we have to pretty much put it in the fridge because he just he hates hot things yeah that we've got to actually cool it down before he'll actually have it otherwise he just um won't even touch his food for the next half hour yeah so no, for sure I mean you can imagine like that's a pretty traumatic event I'm not surprised there's some sort of you know psychological remnants to that mm. even though he was you know fairly young at the time sticks around oh yeah I mean we were, we were talking the other day at my parents place about you know different accidents that we had and um one of one of the accidents I've actually got a scar on on my head underneath all my hair from when I fell off the back of the sawhorse <laughs> how old were you um two or three yeah I was sitting up on a sawhorse and I fell off the back of it and just smacked my head into the concrete and got a rather nasty scar um, I actually split my finger in almost two. I've got a scar. Oh, jeez. That my, same accident? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, oh. This is a different accident <laughs> at it's school. It's like, Jesus, so. pretty unlikely, unlucky to smash your head open and split your finger. Oh, I've, I've literally, on the middle finger of my um, of my left hand, mm. I've literally got a scar that um, sort of runs from just under the nail all the way down, well, about maybe a quarter of the way down the, down the pad. Yeah. And, um, yes, yeah, from basically I got my finger crushed in between two concrete poles, so. Oh, God. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got lots of, lots of cool yeah. little stories about accidents that I've had I don't, as well. uh, yeah, I don't have anything from real young. There is the one story that, uh, that gets told a lot when I was, I think, fairly young, like, probably six, you know, maybe around six months, that, uh, that my dad was carrying me. And sort of, you know, playing with me and putting me up, sort of on top of his head or over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, I 
knocked his glasses off. Mm-hmm. And he went to grab his glasses and let go of me. <laughs> <laughs> and he happened to be um, sort of the pantry door was behind him. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those like slatted pantry doors with sort of the diagonal slats going down. Yep. But as a reflex to try to stop me or slow me down, he sort of stepped back and like basically pushed me up against it. And so <laughs> basically my head went like... And that's how you died. I mean, there wasn't a serious injury. I don't think it was a hospital visit or anything. I'm sure I was upset. But... Yeah, that's sort of one of those jokes of, you know, how much smarter would I have been if that had never happened, if you hadn't dropped me on my head, Dad? No, no, it's... But, you know... <laughs> you know, we've... I mean, Taz has had falls like that. I remember when he was about uh, nine months old and sitting up on a bed when we were on a trip, actually, so it was like a hotel bed. Um, and, yeah, just went tumbling off backwards. You know, that, that was just the first time anything like that had happened mm-hmm. to him, I think. Um and yeah, we, you know, freaked out and checked him, but he was fine. Um, Taz's big one, though. Taz was, I think, probably about the same age as James was when he had his accident. Um, I think he'd just turned one. Well, no, he definitely just turned one because we just got to Ottawa, so he, it was maybe about 13 or 14 months. But um, so just, just for a bit of setting the scene, our apartment in Ottawa... Uh, was a duplex, yep. and we had the upper floor. So the way that works is there are the ha- like houses in Canada. They all have basements, so there's a basement suite. There's the main suite, so you sort of go up a few stairs, but it's mostly on the main level, mm-hmm. um, and that's its own apartment. And then we had the very top apartment. Um, so to get into our house, you'd go around the back, and there was a door there, but um, once you went in that door, there was sort of an internal staircase going up yep. just enclosed so there was another door at the top um, which led into our actual apartment uh, but what happened is uh, I went to take the recycling out and uh, basically Erica and I just had a miscommunication like I sort of called out to say I was taking the recycling out and thought that she had eyes on him uh, but sort of she thought that that you know that I was aware of where he was and mm-hmm. um, and that I that I would well that I would shut the door. I didn't shut the door at the top of the stairs, um, so I'm taking the taking the bin out to the front, and all of a sudden I just see Erica rushing out. She's in tears. Taz is screaming. He's got blood, you know, dripping from his forehead. And yeah, he'd you know he he'd just learn to walk at this point and I guess he decided he's going to try to walk down the stairs and just, you know, we don't know how far he made it down before he started falling. I suspect he actually made it down a few because it was a fairly long flight of stairs, like 12 or 13 steps. And geez, they all had these like metal edges on them. Ow. So yeah, we immediately call the ambulance and, um, you know, they're, they're like, have you moved him? Like, well, yeah, we picked him up straight away. Sort of, you know, because you just don't think of that, of course. Of course that, not. You know, You're if he'd had back to... issues or neck issues or something. But, um, you know, we were actually heartened by the fact that he was screaming. So we knew that there wasn't any sort of serious mm. you know, neurological or brain damage or anything. Or at least we thought there wasn't. And, yeah, just the, the ambulance came and they sort of strapped him to one of those boards to keep him still and put a neck neck brace on him and 
got into the hospital and luckily there was there was no uh you know real permanent damage they just they they glued glued him up and and he calmed down a bit by the time he was there but you know we had to we had to watch out for him and um, I mean, they can they confirmed that there was no concussion, thankfully. Yep. Uh, but holy crap, like that was so scary, and I've never. I mean, I've, that was the first time I've ever had to call an ambulance for anything. Um, yeah. And geez, uh, you know, much less my own son, my one-year-old son. Um, yeah, I was scared shitless, and certainly a, a scary thing. I mean, another another thing that has never had to never had to really result in. Um, hospital visits, but James has fallen down a number of stairs, and we're talking really, really quite tall stairs. Um, it's usually when what happens is there's other kids sort of around, and they try to rush him downstairs, and he just sort of loses his footing. Yeah, And, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, it's obviously not not the kid's fault, they just think that you know, no, of course. Every, everyone kids, can move the, the same kids. sort of speed that they can, and yeah, James actually fallen, fallen down the back back set of stairs at literally about thirteen or fourteen stairs that he fell down. Mm. But he, there was no blood. There was no like he didn't even bruise up. Yeah, um, I mean, luckily, and he was crying, but then he of... was just he was up and running around within the next couple of minutes, so it was mm. it was okay. But like scariest thing ever I mean you can tell you don't know how but you just know your own kids cry yeah so oh yeah you can just hear it like instantly and it's just like I know exactly oh, it, just, what's, it sends a what's just jolt up your and, spine and you yeah you just react you just go into like fight or flight mode but pe- people that actually saw it happen you know said that he literally just went sort of limp and fell down when he fell down the well, stairs, so he didn't tense yeah, up. Yeah, kids sort of, luckily kids sort of just turn to jelly when they, when they fall, and I think that matters to, to prevent a lot of, a lot of serious injuries. Yeah, luckily, uh, luckily the girls haven't had anything real serious yet. Um, we did have to take Ari to the hospital, um, a couple months ago, but that was, <laughs> it's funny, because, so she was just having she was having an allergic reaction to something. Mm-hmm. So her face was kind of just very red and it was sort of swelling up a bit. And usually we'd leave it, except it just didn't seem to be getting better and um, it was sort of making its way up under her eyes and swelling them up a lot. So we thought, all right, well, at least we'll call the like the on-call nurse line, see what they say. And the problem with calling the on-call nurse line is for anything more than just like actual you know, parental paranoia. Mm-hmm. If there's actually any sort of something that seems like it could be a real symptom, they pretty much just tell you to go see a doctor. Yeah. So that's exactly what happened. So we try to... F- the, uh, the problem was this is at 8.30 at night. So we try to find... We're looking around for 24-hour doctors. Luckily find one in Lillardale who, uh, who says they can fit us in. So we sort of pack the kids up, yeah. drive down there... <laughs> Um, Erica takes her in. I sit in the back with Taz. Luckily, Imogen had fallen asleep. Yep. Um, sit and sort of try to keep him happy because he's, you know, where's mummy? I want mummy. But managed to tell him stories and things. Um, and the doctor there checked Arden out and said, yeah, you know, that, yeah, it's probably just an allergic reaction to some food or something. But she did, like, she listened to her heart and 
detected a slightly elevated heart rate and because there's like some rare thing where it could be like an infection of the orbits of her eyes or something mm-hmm. which can be quite serious and can then, can then cause I guess this ration um, yeah when it can cause the, the elevated heart rate she said that we should probably go to the hospital so I was like okay great so now we're off to the hospital um, we dropped Imogen and, and Taz with mum and dad yep um, and then went to the hospital and you know waited around luckily it wasn't too much of a wait but um you know, we were there for an hour, an hour and a half. And, I mean, she was fine. Like, they checked her heart again. It was down. She wasn't having any trouble breathing. The um, the rash was sort of coming and going here and there, but it was obviously just a, some sort of reaction. So, they just sent us home. Yep. And uh, we've since sort of realized that, yeah, she just reacts to things. <laughs> <laughs> she often gets sort of a bit of rash, a bit of swelling. She's got a rash on her back at the moment. And we took her to the doctor for that as well, just in case, because mm-hmm. it was sort of erased. But it's like, no, it's just dermatitis. She'll probably grow out of it. So she's, uh, yeah, it seems like she's going to maybe be our, our sort of sickly one. Now. I mean, and I mean, that's not, that's nothing severe. It's, it's nah. fine. It's nothing to be worried about. But she's definitely the one who's, who's caused the most doctor's visits. If, if that is the limit of it, then that's... Oh, yeah, that's yeah. I, I hope if that's all it is, I'm fine. Like, that's great. If that's as sick as she's going to be for the next few years, <laughs> you know, I'll take it. Hmm. Ben here. We cut out a discussion on our birth stories, which you'll uh, hear the sort of uh, outro of. Uh, we're going to leave that for another episode where we can discuss it a bit more fully. Um, so here's us going into talking about baby names. I got to I got to say, you know, um, he looks so healthy. That's right, he, and all this sort of stuff. And it's, <laughs> oh, yeah, you didn't find out beforehand, have you? No, we, um, we decided to be surprised and surprised yeah. we were. I was adamant that we were going to have a girl because yeah. my sister had a boy first and... Um, so I thought, yep, without a doubt, we're going to have it's a girl. And what did we have? Yeah. We had a boy. <laughs> yeah, we found out with all our kids because we're impatient. <laughs> um, but also, so for us, we just, for us, we just kind of felt like, well, for one, we like to come up with our names early as well. And sort of having that relationship with the children while they're still in the womb, you know, once we do find out the sex, mm-hmm. um, being able to call them by their name. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, we just sort of felt like that That really gave us a, a sense of who that person was or, or, or almost almost like a bit of a connection with them before they were even born. So by the time they were here, it's just like, oh, like Tazrin Tia or Imogen Tia or Arden Tia, you know. So no doubt you've been asked, how did you actually come up with the, the baby name? Yeah, we do get asked that a bit because Tazrin is an unusual name. We had a lot of trouble coming up with boys' names. Um, we we had Imogen as a girl's name very early on. I think that was a name Erica had had for a long time, and I just immediately liked it, and so that was our girl's name. Mm-hmm. But for boys, we we just had so much trouble finding something that we both liked, or even something that we either of us liked at all. For some reason, we just couldn't find boys' names that we thought would you know that we wanted to name our child. So. We started, yeah. You know, we started thinking about making up names. The way we ended up coming up with it is, we realized that a lot of the names we sort of did like often didn't have good nicknames then, and that was kind of what took them off the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, I feel like that's that's important to to have something to 
you know, something shorter to name to to call your kids that they get called by their friends. And although I'm sure, you know, it doesn't always go to plan. <laughs> that the the nickname you think of gets used, but anyway. Oh, believe me, I've got I've got the perfect nickname for James. Is mm. his actual name is James David, so JD. Mm-hmm. JD. <laughs> you know, but of course that's not going to happen. It's <laughs> no. going to be, you know, Jamie or Jay and. Jimmy Jams or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so what we actually started doing is we came up with some nicknames that we liked and then tried to make names from that. Uh, and so, yeah, one of the nicknames we liked was Taz. Mm-hmm. Kind of, Taz kind of just, fits just into, sort of it. In, into the Tasmanian devil, just spelled a little <laughs> bit differently. It's yeah, yeah. one of the first things I thought about. I was like... Oh, little Tassie Devil. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get that much, surprisingly. He got it a little bit in Canada, I guess, just because obviously people were there associate him and me with Australia and and uh, and made that connection. But um, when we first when we first told people the name, they got a bit of it got a bit of like, oh, Tarzan, <laughs> um, just because it obviously looks similar written down. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't. That hasn't really continued after. After he's born, because people just get used to the name, right? Like yeah, it just exactly. becomes a name then. Um, yeah, so we we love his name, and yeah, Taz is such a cool nickname. I'm so glad we did that. <laughs> um, Except you just call yeah. you just call him Taz all the time, so it's it's really uh, you know, just... I alternate. It does become that thing of like Tazarin when he does something <laughs> wrong. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and then the girls, we just like as I said, we had Imogen um, already and. Um, Arden was another one that Erica had. She knew someone in primary school called Arden and just really liked the name. And so we eventually settled on that one. Um, we do have a somewhat unique nickname for Imogen. We call her Mog. Yeah. <laughs> um, the M-O-G from the middle of Imogen. Because, you know, we didn't like Imi or, I don't know, other things. I kind of like, I kind of like Jim. Even though it's, I know it's G E N at the end, yeah. at the end, but it's got the still got the sort of the the similar sound, but that that just hasn't happened. But we call him Mog. I call him Moggle, Moglog. Uh, I tried out Mogwai for a while, Gremlins <laughs> reference, but uh, it didn't really stick. <laughs> well, what what I found is even coming over to your place, I'm just like, um, which one's which? And when I find out, it's like, okay, that one's Mog. <laughs> I yeah. just don't even think of Imogen anymore. It's just Mog. Yeah. And then for Arden, we call her Ari, yeah. um, which is actually, that was on the short list of boys' names was Ari, and there's kind of a funny story behind that too, because um, that was, yeah, that was on the short list. We, we had some reservations because um, obviously it's like a Jewish name and we didn't, you know, we didn't feel super comfortable using a obviously Jewish name mm-hmm. for our definitely non-Jewish or religious at all family. Um <laughs> But, you know, we were still considering it until we started thinking about middle names. And one of the middle names we thought about was my dad's name, which is Ian. But the problem with naming our child Ari Ian is that Erica's last name, which the children were going to keep, at least hyphenated, is German. So when you name a child Arian German... Ooh. It kind of doesn't give off the right message. That's fucked up, dude. 
So, oh, shit. Yeah. We didn't call Tazari, but we got to reuse that name, which we did like in a non-Jewish context because it's a nickname. It's short for Arden. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she gets, she gets Ari. Uh, I call her or Ari Bean. You haven't actually told so. me that Arian story before. So really? That's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're on baby names. Like, did, did you... Uh, um, like, how did you come up with James? Is that a family name? Is it just one you liked? Um, it's... Uh, we also had a lot of trouble thinking of boys' names. We we came up with two. Um, not going to say the other one, because just in case we decide to have another one, we want we want that one to, to, to still it. remain. But yep. um, we were sort of looking through, thinking, you know, what names we quite like. And I've always liked the name James. Yeah. Which also happens to be your middle name, which... <laughs> it is my middle name. It's also the middle name of two of our friends mm. and my dad. Yes. So, it's a popular middle name. Yes. At the very least. And so now it's... Well, and as we mentioned, was name. my surname for a while. So, we just like James, and then we were thinking of something something good to have as a middle name, and James David really quite worked quite nicely. Mm. Yeah, um, that's nice. And David is um, my dad's name, so when... Yeah. When I got to tell my dad that we named him James David, he he certainly seemed very very proud. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we've I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, but all of our children also have two middle names as well as a hyphenated last name. So mm-hmm. we've lumped them all with five names for the time being. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they don't hate us too much for it. Yeah, I just figure I just figure if we if they don't like their sort of relatively unique uh, first names, then they have some uh, more common. Uh, middle names to fall back on if they decide to change it down the line. <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we had like two different girls' names picked as well. Once again, not going to mention them here, but we literally took probably nine, maybe ten hours after after he was born to actually choose a name. So for the for the first nine or ten hours, he was Baby Scott. Baby Scott, yeah. Yeah, see, <laughs> I, 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 we, we just couldn't do that. Uh, we felt like we were, uh, we, we were stressed out because we're like, oh my god, we don't have a name for this child. Like, what are we going to call him when we're having trouble with boys' names? We were still like six months along. <laughs> um, it's only because we we'd found out that it was a boy. It's like, oh my god, like how are we going to choose a name? Yeah. Um, we had a few others on the short list. We thought about Parker for a while, although that's that ended up. I don't know why we had that on there. Really, we did this thing actually where, for our for our shortlist, we um, would take a week and refer to the, like refer to the baby in the belly as that name for the week mm-hmm. to sort of just try it out. Um, which is why Tazarin stuck. We sort of did it for a week and then thought, mm, that, you know, let's try it for another week and then it was stuck. But um, the other one we had actually for the nickname Taz, and it's obviously not as it's not as obvious a nickname, but. Um, the name was Tarquin, okay. which I'm kind of glad we didn't use, but I kind of like it still. Um, it's actually like a Shakespearean name, which funnily enough, Imogen is a name invented by Shakespeare, and Arden is a name used in one of Shakespeare's plays um, for a, I think it was like the Forest of Arden or something, but... Still been used. We, that was that was sort of, yeah, that was sort of accidental, but um, but yeah, we, we, we just had to, we had to have a name for it and... I don't think we I don't think we announced the name until he was born. No, you didn't. You definitely didn't. Because no. I remember seeing the um 
Well, at least you didn't on Facebook <laughs> because yeah. it was kind of hard no, to I think be we'd in maybe, contact with I you. I think we'd probably told our family. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah. we, we, still had a, we still had a nickname for, for James in, well, he was in Bianca's womb and that was <laughs> Squishy. Because, um, it's a good one. Because we kept on, um, like, someone would ask, oh, are you pregnant? And it's like, we weren't, uh, well, Bianca wasn't at the time. I don't know why they could say we weren't when I certainly wasn't pregnant. I looked pregnant <laughs> because I've got that big belly, but <laughs> she was definitely going to be the pregnant one. Um, she yeah. goes, no, see, it's all squishy. And, and so it's sort of, it sort of stuck. We started, started calling it, um, calling it squishy and it was it was definitely an it because yeah of course as we've discussed we decided to not find out I did kind of have a little inkling during one of the one of the scans oh yeah I mean you might have seen a, a tortoise instead of a hamburger yeah. <laughs> do they use that here too no <laughs> apparently that's how you tell on the ultrasound a tortoise instead of a hamburger that's awesome <laughs> So I did have a little bit of an inkling, but I sort of just let it go after a while, and then got my got my mind into no, it's going to be a girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, we uh, we had we had a name for for Taz when he was in the belly too, which was Rue, and uh, we just we used that obviously up until we learnt the sex, and then came up with a name. Mm-hmm. But uh, I did use that on the beer that I brewed for to be ready for his birth mm-hmm. with a friend of mine in Vancouver. Uh, which was named the New Rubaru, <laughs> all with all spelled with with double O's, um, and I went I went all out. I like got labels printed that had his ultrasound picture on them and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty good. It was a pretty good like uh, uh, not not brown ale, but uh, yeah, that was that was the little little thing. I've got a photo of him at just like a week or two old. With him in one hand and a big, big bottle of the brew in the other. <laughs> so Ben, back in episode one, I mentioned uh-huh. something about, you know, taking a random episode of a TV series that we've never seen before, and yep, yep. you know, watching it, trying to figure out, you know, what's actually happening in the show. Now, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think that could be a lot of fun for us to. Yeah, just sort of figure out the relationships that are happening and, and try to determine what the story is of this show that we've never seen before and don't know anything about. Now, I believe you've done some research and it's like, yep, both of us have never seen this show before and yeah, I don't research, know what the hell it is. <laughs> my, re- my research was seeing it come up on Stan, the streaming service, and going, oh, that looks like one of those terrible um, like relationship dramas that that go on forever and have a variety of relationships. So let's watch that. Um, it has six seasons, so there's a lot of fodder, you know. Um, so yeah, offline we, you chose a season, which was season four, and I chose an episode, which was episode seven. So yeah, we're gonna this week watch season four, episode seven of The Hills, uh, which we know nothing about. Know nothing about. So see. You you sort of went the relationship side of things. Well, I sort of see the hills. I I hear the hills, and I think immediately the hills have eyes. So I'm hoping for some sort of like twisted. Sort so it's going to turn horror. There's going to be horror-y sort of sci-fi sort of shows. Hopefully, it's going to be in that sort of vein because then I might want to watch some more episodes. Well, what I assumed is that it was actually 
about a family of sentient hills. <laughs> so, like, they literally have eyes. And the people are just, like, milling about on the hills. But the show's actually about these the, mounds of The earth. hills themselves. Yeah. Um, the hills are alive. I mean, obviously it was popular enough to go to six seasons, so... I mean... That's yeah. it. There's got to be something there. The, how can, how can a show... some sort of arc of, of you know, one hill has a divorce from the other hill or something like that. Because <laughs> there's an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, for, for those people out there who have actually, you know, seen the hills and, and hearing us riff on this... Oh, I assume you're laughing at us right they, now. They know that we're in for a bit of a surprise. <laughs> or not. Maybe we got it perfectly. Maybe we guessed it right down the line. That's what the show's about. I'm betting, yes. I'm betting it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm betting it's going to be our worst nightmare. Uh, yeah, who knows? It'll be interesting. Yeah. So, I, I guess we'll... Uh, yeah, we'll just we'll watch it separately. I, I suggest we take notes of some kind, and uh, and maybe we we try to watch it fairly close to when we're going to record the next episode, so we've got a fresh in our mind, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Well, now we don't have a name for this segment. Random, so, random episode of a TV show. Yeah, it's kind of a, a long, a long, it's name. long. Yeah, it's a bit wordy. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Unknown review. Is there an acronym we can come up with this on a random episode of Rio Aid? No, maybe not. Well, maybe, maybe we'll work on that one. We'll work on that before <laughs> the next episode, which will be episode yeah, six. Yeah. And then we need a theme song, and you know. Yeah, well, we've done music, so we can always do something like that. <laughs> I can't see, can't see why we can't come up with some sort of some sort of music. It's a little riff. Maybe, maybe little even set it to. Her name was Rio, and she dances <laughs> on the sun. <laughs> Something like that. We watch a TV show, and we... No, I don't know. Well, that should be fun. Yeah. Could be a bit of fun. Yeah. So this won't be a weekly segment or anything like that. We're thinking most likely once a month we'll we'll do something like this. Yeah, I think so. And we'll do a different show each time, obviously. Because yeah. um, so most you, likely, if, once if we watch an episode of this of this show, we're probably never going to watch it again. <laughs> exactly, and we'll also have some idea of what's going on to kind of defeat the purpose. But if if anybody listening has ideas for shows that you think we may not have watched, but have uh, enough sort of inter- interweaving drama and such that we could try to try to nut out as we watch an, a single episode in randomly in the middle of the the show's run, then let us know and. And Hopefully we haven't seen it. I suppose the reason why I originally thought of this as well was that the way network television is actually set up, you know, is just we'll put on every single week at this one time this episode sort of TV series that, you know, sometimes it works. Like a CSI, you can come in anywhere you want, but a drama or something like that, you know, if you come in in the middle of the season... It's like how how do you know what's happened beforehand? I mean, yes, you've got a little bit of um, bit of an intro, you know, Which we previously on the hills, but we're we're actually having to skip that. We've got to start it directly from <laughs> directly from like the the intro card or whatever whatever yep. it is. Yeah, we'll do our best. But 
you know, network TV, it really doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. Like, do, doing things I mean, in such an antiquated way, whereas Netflix makes pure sense. You start from the start. Well, and it's kind of... Uh, because they're doing it sort of... A, I mean, they're, they're doing it a season at a time and, and then gauging the reaction of it. So you, you don't get this bullshit with, uh, you know, oh, we're going to try airing two episodes and, oh, they didn't rate very well, so we're going to pull it. Or, you know, the, like what the... the the runaround that Firefly got where it's like, oh, we think episode two screened better with focus groups. So we're going to show that first without, you know, all the setup that was in episode one. And yeah. then that just basically killed the show because nobody knew what the fuck was going on. Basically, they did exactly what we're going to do. But yeah, to so we're, we're going to kill our, our whole thoughts of this show because we haven't watched it from the start. That's right. And, well, really, when you're watching network TV, that's exactly what happens from week to week. If you miss out on a single single week of TV, you know, you come back in and you don't know what happened in the last episode. Well, and the part of the issue is that uh, tend, they just tend to run the shows into the ground, so they, they, they have to cook up drama and it has to end up more and more um, over the top. And I don't, know, I, I don't know if you've ever watched Grey's Anatomy. No, um, not at all. I have, which is a shame, because otherwise we could have done it on this segment, but... Um, that that show just got ridiculous. Like the amount of things that can happen in one hospital, um, you know, deaths and hostage situations. And although my favourite thing about that show is the magical elevator, because if you, they get into this elevator and there's some sort of drama going on, it may involve someone kissing somebody they shouldn't. But regardless of what's happening in that elevator, when it opens, the one person who they don't want to see what they were doing in that elevator is standing there as the doors open every single time. <laughs> every single time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most dramatically uh, magical elevator of all time. Oh, just thinking about the way that, you know, network TV works in Australia, though. Mm. You know, a lot of the Australian TV shows, sure, they make it usually more than, more than a season or two, but... Do you remember back in the day when um, Farscape was first on Australian TV? Mm. So, uh, I mean, I didn't actually watch it at the time, but yeah, I do recall. So, Channel Nine was one of the um, one of the one of our main networks here. Um, they were basically making it with the Jim Henson Company, and originally were putting it on um, Saturday night after Hey Hey It's Saturday. They did the first six episodes. They rated through the roof, and you know they said, "Well, that's that's all." all there is for this first part of the season. It's right. like, oh, okay. It was just getting good, and it was like, it's finished. Well, they never actually mentioned when it came back. <laughs> Two years later, I just I saw, like, season three is on at, like, 11pm on a, on a Tuesday night. And it's like, oh, yeah, the sci-fi slot. And it's like, really? That's what you're going to do? You're going to put it... A, a show that... The sci-fi show that was actually really, really quite original. It's sponsored, you know, and paid for by Channel Nine, but no, they put it at the worst time. Yeah, like, they. I never realised it went past first season. <laughs> they <laughs> never had a lot of uh, confidence in their sci-fi back then. Like these days, sci-fi often is a bit of a bigger draw. There are more. There's more of a cult following around it, and I guess particularly with. With streaming and such now, but uh, yeah, I, re- I remember like a sci-fi. Sci-fi was always on late at night. You know, I'd just turn the TV on randomly. It's like, oh, Star Trek's on. You know, 
yeah. sit down and watch an episode of Next Gen or Deep Space Nine. Um, but yeah, never never prime time. And there was another TV TV show that um, it was an American TV show in the last couple of years called Harper's Island. It was okay, back in two thousand nine. It went yep. for a single season, and it was basically a murder mystery. Um, okay. Each week, it was almost like a slasher sort of TV show. Thirteen mm. episodes, um, and there's a wedding happening on this island. So Channel Ten go, wow, you know, this half as island has has started. Thing is, we went to watch the first episode. Turns out that they were they were promoting it very heavily because it went to the second episode. Like, the first episode didn't do as well as what they wanted to, so they right. they put the second episode on with all this, all this, you know... Um, fanfare. And fanfare and all that sort of stuff. And it's yeah. like, okay, so we didn't get to watch the first episode. So had they aired the first episode? They had. They, they, done well? they okay. aired it the week before, but I swear right. I hadn't seen any ads for it. Yeah. And so we watched it. Bianca and I found ourselves really enjoying it, so we're like, okay, we'll watch it next week. Well, it moved in the schedule. Yeah, that's it, the problem. Yeah. It moved from nine thirty Monday nights through to like eleven thirty Monday nights. Broadcast TV is just, you know, they, it's this whole thing. Oh, like appointment viewing, and then they change your appointment on you. By the end of the season, the final episodes were showing at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so they just kept pushing it back and back. And like, it, moved, they it moved from Monday night point? to Thursday night, and then back to Tuesday night. And it's like, how is anyone supposed to actually follow this? Yeah, you know, ridiculous. you pay all this money for it, and yet you give it two episodes and go, "Oh no, we've got to shove it right to the back of the back of the schedule." Now, you know, we only got three hundred thousand people watching it. Man, the people who run the network TV stations now, like the the broadcast TV stations, must just be shitting themselves. Like, how are they still relevant? I mean, I guess they are to, to certain demographics who don't stream and who don't cut the cable, as it were, which isn't actually, is not actually an appropriate metaphor in Australia since cable is not a very popular, uh, like cable TV and everyone, it, every, you know, broadcast TV is actually over the airwaves. But yeah, like streaming taking over the way it has, they just must be, yeah. Must, must be shitting be themselves. Yeah. <laughs> It was really, yeah. it, it'd be really scary if I was a network executive going, um, we're getting less and less viewers and Netflix is getting more and more of our viewers yeah. as they realise that they can just watch the same stuff that we sort of put out without any of the reality TV bullshit. Yeah, I mean, basically what they do is try to create monopolies, right? It's like the Game of Thrones thing. The only place you can watch it is Foxtel on cable. Hmm. And to in get Australia. cable, you have to, yeah, in <laughs> Australia. But uh, yeah, to get there, you have to pay like, 50 bucks a month or something ridiculous because you have to buy the whole package. So this, that's the only way you can legally watch Game of Thrones. So of course everybody's pirating it. Like, and they talk about it as if it's this huge piracy problem. It's like, no, it's a fucking competition problem. It's a you're monopoly. Not, and yeah, monopoly is yeah, exactly. Cool. You're being anti-competitive and, and just trying to gouge your customers. So of course they're going to go elsewhere. I'm, it's a convenience issue. I'm pretty sure that the people who run Net- Netflix, the people that... Um, you know the run that run Foxtel must have a look and go, wow, all these people who were pirating, all of a sudden went over to Netflix when it came out. Oh, oh let's put let's put our own thing out, and it's like now we'll charge even more and do it in standard definition instead of high definition. And it's like, yeah, because that's what people want. <laughs> they want no, low res, and they want to pay more for it. 
But yeah, they don't understand that the market like they just they think they can get away with just charging whatever they want because oh like they have the rights for it it's like no that's not how it's not how the internet works dude hmm. and I, I, I mean even i think netflix like aren't the other streaming companies owned by a lot of the big like the same people who own the tv stations and stuff um oh yeah so stan's owned um in conjunction with like nine and um, yeah, Fairfax Media and I just Presto's up, yeah. owned by Seven and you know, like Telstra. Tel- is that Telstra's? Yeah, Telstra, Telstra and Seven they? or something like that. Yeah, it's just so like even that there's there's obviously going to be dodgy shit going on around what get what they manage to get onto it. Like Netflix is the only independent streaming remaining. Yeah, basically. Well, Quickflix was there ever. beforehand. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I never used Quickflix, Quickflix but. Uh, I, yeah, I, mean, I really like Netflix's eventual idea of going global with this thing. But oh yeah, I mean, and that's what they're like. They're doing all their original content, right? Which does end up being global for yeah. at least ninety nine percent of it is. Um, where it is just yeah, everyone in the world can watch this show when it like as it comes out, when it as soon as it's released, all at the same time. And and the crazy thing is, I think they numerous times. People have proved that if you provide something easy to use and at a reasonable price, price, they will stop, you know, a a lot of their piracy. Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah. It's only the people who are like, like pirating for collecting and that sort of thing that would continue. And even then, like often they would move, you know, like, I mean, you and I both have extensive DVD and Blu-ray collections. Exactly. You know? A lot of the, a lot of, I'm sure, a lot of yours like mine are still in their shrink wrap, because, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because you buy them cheap when that seems like a good price, it seems like a good deal, and you want to, you just, you know, you want to own that and have it as part of your collection. Um, and I mean, I don't, I don't do that as much anymore, but um, we don't know, have still the like disposable having, income anymore. <laughs> well, that's true. All the shelf space. <laughs> but um, I Remind still me like... to put something up about my, my DVD collection at some stage on the Facebook page. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you post a photo. That's that's an impressive collection. You have custom-built shelves. With, uh, how, how many D- DVDs do they hold? A lot. Anyway. Uh, too many. Um, yeah. But I've actually been shown a collection that's um, about another third to a half the size of mine bigger. So, oh yeah, oh I'm sure they exist. Like, so it yeah. was kind of dwarfed, and and you know <laughs> my two shelves wide is like, well she's got an extra extra whole shelf and then some more. <laughs> yeah, but yes, yeah, so that that's it. Like, people want to pay for the things they enjoy, the shows they enjoy, the games they enjoy, the movies they enjoy, but not if they if they're obviously being gouged for them, right? Yeah. Like, it's just. It's just not viable. I still remember, you know, early on in the um, in the Blu-ray life, where you know it was just as um, they were thinking, okay, we're finally out of this this DVD war of, you know, um, putting more and more copy protection onto the DVDs and like making it harder for older players to actually play play the discs anyway. Oh, and it's like, okay, you've You've just made it harder and harder and harder for people to actually play it legitimately when it's not actually stopping any people out there who want to pirate it because oh, no. they don't have to do it themselves. Someone else does it for them. 
Of course. And those yeah. those people not, out there. It's not like random so and so on the street is is trying to crack a DVD that they've borrowed from the library or something no. like. It's it's like I want something. Oh look, here it is on the internet. I can get it for free now, and there's no hassle, and it'll play everywhere I want. Yeah. And that's the sort of like, I certainly don't want my my son thinking that he can just get everything for free because that's not how the world works. Which is why I'm glad I've got, you know, a a big collection of of DVDs and that sort of stuff to to sort yeah, of show. Yeah, well, that's to him why that. it is good to have to have options like Netflix and stuff. Where look, this is just the way the world is going. It is more convenient to download shows and movies off the internet. Here is a legal way to do so hmm. for most things. All right, so we don't have a lot of time left, but we have talked about parenting a lot this episode. So why don't you just tell me what you've been playing lately, Trevor? Um, so I've gotten back into a bit of the the division. Um, also been playing uh-huh. a little bit of Just Cause Three, and a little bit of The Witness. So you're on all the games that I haven't. You're on all the games that I haven't managed to get to yet. Uh, <laughs> Pretty I, much. I, I don't know that I'll get to the to, to the division. I feel like by the time I get to the division, nobody will be playing it anymore. Oh, believe me, uh, Paul I'm and I will sure be the playing. Staying it. power of <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's good. I hope so. It looked interesting. Just calls three. I really want to fuck around in. Like that looks cool. Um, yeah. No, I've I finally finished Tomb Raider: or Rise of the Tomb Raider, which came with nice. my Xbox. So that only took me six months, and uh, and got back to Fallout Four which uh, I had started over because my save game got corrupted last time, mm. which really sucks. And uh, I'm still... Have you um, have you played The Binding of Isaac? Um, I have. I I really need to get a better version of it than what I've got because it, it's the keyboard-only version that I've still got. I don't have the one that actually works oh, it's on like the Oh, it's the old... Yeah. Right, it's the, the original, old, yeah, not it's, after the, it's the very first version, which was basically yeah. a f- which was basically running in Flash. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, this. So for those who don't know, the Binding of Isaac is uh, like a roguelike, um, sort of top down top down shooter sort of thing. Um, a lot of interesting um, religious and fecal themes. <laughs> I'll say <laughs> the idea is that you're basically this little kid whose mum's thrown him into the into the basement. Um, and she's, you know, this uber Christian who thinks you're sinful or whatever, and you shoot monsters with your tears, um, <laughs> and the monsters are all, like, weird, creepy versions of yourself and poop monsters, and you eventually end up in mum's womb. Oh, you know, it's, it's... It's, 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 an interest, it's an interesting thing, but it's actually just... It's a whole lot of fun. It's one of these things where you, you know, each time you finish it in a, or if you finish it in a certain way or do a certain challenge you unlock another item that then shows up in future run throughs mm-hmm. um, so you sort of end up with you know there are just there are hundreds of items now because they've done a couple of add-ons and stuff but um, it's definitely the game I've played the most on Steam so I'm looking at my Steam now I have 399 hours on the Binding of Isaac Rebirth which is the new one mm-hmm. Um, so God knows how much you got on yeah. the previous one. <laughs> well, actually, I just looked, only 104 hours on the previous one, but um, but yeah, that's 500 hours on one, basically one game. Um, and I still, I pretty much play it every day because they have like the daily, they do like a daily challenge where it's just everybody gets the same seed. Um, so that so the 
the dungeon that you end up with is the same for mm-hmm. everybody and, and you compete on score. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's a lot of fun. And there's still challenges I haven't done and different things. So, you know, that's, that's kind of my go-to for when I've got half an hour, which yeah. isn't that often. But it's not I, often. I managed to find it once a day. <laughs> Probably less now that you've got you to actually, you know, um, edit the podcast and <laughs> do a few other things like that. Yeah, that takes up a bit of my time now too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's worth it. <laughs> um, yeah, we did. We launched the podcast this week. You're obviously, you'll be listening to this a couple of weeks after launch. Uh, but uh, that was, you know, that was exciting seeing people respond to it a bit and getting a few likes on Facebook. Getting more, almost more likes than Kurodust actually got in its entire lifetime. <laughs> yeah, it is. I think it already is. <laughs> so that um, was that was quite quite interesting. How quickly that that jumped up. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll get a bit of listenership out there. I think people are are enjoying it so far and. Uh, there, there aren't a lot of dad podcasts around. There, there are a fair few mum podcasts, but yeah, hopefully some of you other dads out there are sort of relating to what we're talking about and finding it interesting enough to to hear us discuss these things. And hopefully some uh, of the mums out there, you know, you you're listening and getting an idea of, you know, dads, you know, the dad's point of view, the dad's point of view. Yeah, and- absolutely. Yeah, we certainly we certainly don't want to limit our listenership to dads. <laughs> um, nor people that but, like swearing. Uh, they, we they don't swear that much. Who, who relate to... No, we don't fucking swear that much. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so if you if you are enjoying... Uh, if you are enjoying the podcast, uh, we'd really love it if you could find us on iTunes and rate and review us because that helps us get the word out. And then we'd also like if you could, you know, find us on Facebook and give us a like and even leave a comment for us. Um, Absolutely, you, you know, know, we want to hear from our, page. from our listeners. Yeah, tell us, tell us how you're going. Yeah, Facebook.com/slash/TwoSwearyDads. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at TwoSwearyDads. You can then also go across to our website, wibbly wobbly wibbly dot TwoSwearyDads dot com, and you can also email us podcast at TwoSwearyDads dot com. Um, so. I I think that's about it for this week. Trevor, do you have any final thoughts? Um, why is the sky blue? Go ask your mum.